0: you have intercepted the virtue signal with Bill Whittle and Alfonso Rachel, also known as that knucklehead Zoe. In the era of virtue signaling, where sanctimonious self-righteous liberals preach to us from atop their high donkey of supposed moral supremacy, while being about as woke on virtue as a person on a diet in a donut shop calling donuts racist because they're not low carb. If you appreciate the content, please support by sharing and please consider a financial contribution to help us do our part to promote sanity in a world where people boast in science while saying gender is fluid. Links in the description field. Thank you.
1: Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend and colleague, Alfonso Rachel, and this is The Virtue Signal, where we try to examine some of the politics and morality underneath the events of the day. And, uh, Zoe, this is our very special uh, uh, Halloween in spring edition of of The Virtue Signal. And I thought, yeah, I thought this is a a really simple question. Mm. Uh, What scares you?
0: What frightens me? Um, Yep. Um, really, uh, uh, there's a passage in the word of God says, um, get away from me. I don't know you. The thing that frightens me the most ever is to not have the Lord know me.
1: That's, that's a solid answer.
0: Mm.
1: So, so you can connect, you can certainly connect to this, um, Unbelievable social pressure in the Middle Ages in Europe of, of that came from the idea of excommunication. I mean, the idea that uh, before the uh, you know before the Protestant Reformation, mm. the only way that you could get into heaven or or talk to God was through the priesthood, and excommunication mm. meant they could snip the line between you and God, and you're just you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 can you elaborate on that? That's that's a really well, profound thing. It's kind of lonely, isn't it? And, and, and I'm, I just, I don't want to put words in your mouth.
0: That, well, that, that's, that's a good, um, that's a good question, man. I'm glad you asked because that's what religion does. The Lord doesn't do that. Nobody has the authority to excommunicate us. That's the Lord's decision. Um, we don't go to a priest to redeem us. We don't go to a priest to get permission to talk to God or any sort of counsel like that. The Lord himself is our high priest. He went to the cross to have that distinction. He gave his blood for that. So there's no other priest that can tell me that I'm excommunicated or anything like that that tells you that you can't be at church or anything like that. Church is- I'd a- like
1: to just take a quick moment mm-hmm. to thank all of the uh, Catholics who had supported us in the past <laughs> and, and, who, and who have now um, uh, hit the uh, unsubscribe button and are, are, are demanding their money back, but please continue.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I, I have this uh, this uh, stigma of not being a big fan of, of religion as it is. Um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll hear us out, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I have lost some friends over this.
1: Separation but, from God, though, that's something mm-hmm. that everybody that, that's something that everybody who, who's a religious person or, or a spiritual person mm-hmm. can connect to. Sure. that, that separation from, from the divine.:
0: Indeed, man, because the thing is, is when we try to define goodness, on our own terms, and, and and the Lord even says it's like, look, you're gonna be calling out to me, talking about Lord, Lord, and we prayed and all this sort of stuff, and Jesus said, look, man, depart from me, you doers of lawlessness. I don't know you, and He says, I don't know where you come from. Now that's a scary thing to me, Bill, because He knows everything, which means that if He decides that He doesn't know, it's because He doesn't want to, because you tr- you a person has assumed that they're gonna define goodness and all these things on their own terms, and it leads to a lot of problems. So Jesus, is like, look, you can't be bringing that into my kingdom because it won't be heaven anymore. It's gonna, make, you're gonna make it suck for everybody. So you know, with the Lord, if He decides that you know um, I don't know you, it would because it would be because yeah, well, I'm a good person you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And I don't, I don't, um, uh, I can go ahead and define goodness on my own person. I can, and I can stack up merits for myself and I can get away with whatever I want to get away with. But I can say, Hey, you only look at the bad things I do. Look at the good stuff that I do. So, you know, these are the kinds of people that, you know, the Lord is like, look, man, um, I, I really don't want to party with you. Uh, so you're going to, you're going to make things suck for everybody else. So that for me would be a
1: very scary thing. Let me tell you what scares me the most. <clears throat> uh, well, carnies obviously uh, but, you know, <laughs> smell like cabbage. No, seriously. What what really scares me the most is um, is ignorance, mm. which I kind of define as um, arrogance plus certainty. Mm. It's not. I'm not talking about the kind of ignorance where you don't know something about something. I'm talking about the kind of certainty in what you believe. And, and the arrogance that is required in order for you to be so certain about what you believe that you are determined that everybody else is wrong. Yeah. And furthermore, you should shut them up. Uh, this scares the living daylights out of me. I've said many times, and it's a source of constant amazement to me, that when I was uh, much younger, I was – I had – I, I passionately believed in things that I didn't know anything about. Mm. I, I, I look back on the things that I, that I was so, <laughs> and it's like, you, you hadn't got the faintest idea. Reagan's going to get us all killed. He's actually <laughs> going to keep us all alive. But, but, but there was, there came a point, not only when I changed my, my like political views and stuff, but there came a point when I began to realize, you know, that, that it's the certainty I'm not talking about spiritual certainty. I'm talking about this intellectual certainty that you can't possibly be wrong. Mm-hmm. And whenever I look at the great evils in the world, uh, the, the communists and the Nazis and 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 and, and the and the and the, the woke crowd, mm-hmm. what I see is that is that kind of ignorance. It's 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 certainty plus arrogance. It's it's the inability to to. Even have the, sh- the the shadow of the idea that that you could be wrong. I worry about being wrong all the time. That's why I'm never wrong, but uh, and I'm damn sure of it too. But uh, no, but seriously, I worry about it all the time. I when I, if I see a story or I or I make a point, it turns out that that wasn't true or didn't happen. It makes me almost sick, and and I'm constantly checking pre-flighting the things that I believe in and, I, and I'm constantly asking myself well what if they're right you know mm. well I mean really seriously what if what if the, the progressives are right what if the if is is it going to be a better world because if it, if I really thought it was going to be a better world safer happier world then I'd change my position again but but I don't see that but I'm willing to have the conversation but many people aren't and when you break this one down in terms of uh, conservatives and progressives, this one's not even close. I'm not saying there aren't conservatives who don't wanna listen and, and, and aren't gonna ever change their minds. We've all had emails from people who are con- more conservative than now. But looking out there into society, I think maybe it's because conservatives have, we are we're just swim in a sea of these progressive ideas and we constantly have to deal with them and, 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 and are exposed to them. But more and more and more, uh, every day the uh, the armies of the ignorant, you know the, the the students who are so sure of themselves and so ready to fight for Things that they know nothing about that scares the living daylights out of me.
0: I hear you man And as and I've been like you man I've been on that side and, and I can sympathize with these guys and man and I look at myself It's like man. It's almost kind of like embarrassing. I used to believe that stuff and um, You know Look, and even today, and now I have to say, because you know, they'll say about this, well, you guys can never admit that you're wrong. It's like, yes, we can. I used to be a Democrat.
1: I had to come to the grips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my, my blog was eject, 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 mm-hmm. and I was saying, I've got an ideology that is burning it on fire, and I'm getting out. That's right, man. It's like, I that was me admitting that I am wrong. So, um, but with
0: that, I have to know that m- when I do my checks... You know what am mm. I basing it on? I have to. I have to come to the logical con- uh, conclusion that I am made of finite material. I'm. A, I'm a finite individual. So my ideas themselves are also going to decay, just like things do in the natural. So mm-hmm. I have to square. In following that logic, I have to. I have to base what I believe on something that is not finite, something that is infinite, something that has been here long before me and something that will be here long after I'm gone. So I don't assume that I have uh, what it takes to to build an idea that I could just stick to and that's gonna be my religion um, or or my philosophy or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, but the things that people are, they're going by today when we look at these people who are so arrogant and so woke and stuff like that. And these people are looking for the validation of the state to make it an institution of the things that we have to live by. Things like that already lets me know that these people are wrong, right? Whether they're going to do it by, uh, stealing the votes, whether they do it by judicial activism or something like that, judicial fiat, they want people to live, they want to force people to live by their worldview. And true liberty doesn't work that way. The Lord himself, he doesn't work that way. And that's the thing that I subscribe to. That's the thing that, um, you know, when I base what I feel is going to be good and, and, and really, let me, let me say this. It's not about making other people live by you gotta live by Jesus, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not that way. What people are misunderstanding is like, look, I am not going to let you force me to live by your sins. You go ahead and you do you, right? Go ahead and do you. Mm-hmm. But in the 10 Commandments, Bill, when it says that you shall have no other gods before you, th- when it's talking about that, the, word, the term gods is not, speci- not strictly in a deistic sense. It's talking about authority. Right, mm-hmm. the state as a god itself, the king or whichever. These people are also seen as gods. God says sh-
1: there should be nothing more important than me. Exactly. Is what, 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 what,
0: yeah. And do not. And when the full breakdown is: do not let anyone make you right. We're being made to submit to these people, right? And the fact that they are making us submit is already letting me know. Like when you ask, is is it possible that these people may be right? I could let me if I may, Bill. Let me say to you, surely, no, they're not right. They're not right at all.
1: <laughs> I'm relatively convinced of this. Mm. Um, if I sometimes uh, think about if if 60 uh, year old Bill had gone back in time and talked to 20 year old Bill mm. and told him all the things that he um, believed in and why why he was going to change his mind, I don't think 20 year old Bill would have listened to 60 year old Bill. Mm. However. If you take that 40 years in the other direction and 100-year-old Bill comes back in time and, and talks to me, the first thing I'd say to 100-year-old Bill is, man, you are buff. Why are you sweating so much <laughs> 100-year-old Bill? say, I just ran a triple marathon just for fun, just for kicks. Anyway, uh, uh, but but I would listen now. Mm. And and a lot of times there's a saying, that I'm probably mangling it a little bit, but something to the effect of your, your, your opinion is the point at which you stop thinking. <laughs> and i'm I'm constantly trying to find or at least maintain the mental suppleness to understand that if i if I could have been so one hundred percent sure of those things before and been wrong then, then there is at least a theoretical chance that i'm wrong now and one of the great experiences in life is one of the most kind of uncomfortable ones and that is getting into an argument with somebody and then over time realizing you know these people that that guy's got a great point you know he's really i really he has a great point i had not seen that at all and and i have to i have to rethink my attitude on this that was a perspective i never Expected it was just beyond my uh, radar, and, and it's 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 not so much that I was wrong, so much as there was because, like I said, no, I'm, I'm just not wrong, uh, but it 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 was more like okay, and and even though to some degree, you know, when you're in a like a serious argument, because I do a lot of speaking events, and and some rarely we get somebody wants to really get into it with me, and that's fine, but when you find out that they bring a perspective that you didn't have before. And it usually works both ways. There's this moment when you realize, okay, well, I was, my blood was up, you know, and I had to win this argument come, you know, hell or high water, but this guy makes a really good point. Then when you leave, you are a bigger person. Mm. I can't really describe it. The only thing I can, I can get to that's even close to it was back in seventh grade, there was this kid who uh, really hated me. Mm. But he did. Mm. And he was two lockers down, a Cuban kid. And I'd just gotten to school in, in uh, Florida from Bermuda. And I thought this kid's gonna definitely gonna make an attempt to kill me. So one morning we find ourselves out in phys ed and, uh, and we're playing picking up basketball teams and we're playing like three on three. And this kid took the the ball, the basketball, and just threw it into my nose mm. as hard as he could. And before I knew what happened, I hit him in the mouth. Mm. And that's the only fight I ever got into. But here's the point: I thought to myself, "Okay, now, when between sixth and seventh period or whatever, mm. when we're both at the same lockers at the same time, he's gonna he's gonna knife me." And sure enough, that same day, I get there and I'm and I'm working on my locker, and I look down, he's over there, and he looks over at me, and he says, uh, "Hey, how's it going?" And I said. No, oh, good. How are you? All right, good. You know, so I, I don't know how to explain that dynamic mm. of sometimes you have to get hit in the nose to respect somebody else's opinion. But but I have had many experiences like that on an intellectual level, mm. uh, not on a physical level, because I now I just come heavily armed. Anybody <laughs> makes a move on me, they're going down. Mm. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? There's something, there's a kind of a sort of a kind of a post-fight respect for somebody who's done something to change your mind. And and there's not enough of that in the world today. Well, I I, want
0: to ask, like uh, you had mentioned uh, going back to to seeing your 20-year-old self, what what, what would you tell, how would you try to convince your 20-year-old self, man, without socking yourself in the nose? (laughs) How would you try to reason with your 20-year-old self to try to? See things
1: well. I would. Uh, that's. I, I would say. So, Bill, you you you'll, you love your country, right? Because mm. I did. I said yes. I said, well, you will again, and you will the whole time. You'll never stop loving your country. You'll never stop uh, wanting to um, to fight the bad guys. You're never gonna. Um, you're never gonna change your attitude that there's something fundamentally good about business. I was a real pro business guy when I was in college. But I will say that there are that sometimes things, things function in a way that they don't appear. If I would, just as a specific example, the reason you're so afraid that Ronald Reagan's going to get us all killed in a nuclear war is because you're convinced that the Soviets are just like you. And because they're just like you, they don't want to be threatened, and what they really want is they want a handshake and they want reassurances and they want to, and they want all the things you know, they want to give up nuclear weapons, all, that's what you're assuming that they are thinking like you, but they're not thinking like you. The, the people running that government have murdered a hundred million of their own people, shot them in the basement in the back of the neck. And you and your society did not grow up that way. They are not like what you think. And if you do a little research into this, you'll not only know that's true, you will eventually come to the conclusion that how could they possibly be? The worst thing that Eisenhower ever did that I'm aware of was he got angry enough to throw a golf club in the general direction of one of his um, one of his friends because uh, he had a pretty hot temper. Uh, on the other side of the of the aisle, the worst thing that Stalin ever did was sign, I think it was. 17,000 death warrants in one afternoon, you know, and, and I don't see those two things as being equal. Uh, and, 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 I don't think that a government that's run by a guy who in the, in, in the absolute darkest moment tosses a golf club is the same kind of country as one that takes 30, 40 million of its own people out at four o'clock in the morning and shoots them in the back of the head and buries them in unmarked graves. Mm. So that's what I would tell you about, about this. You've got to deal with them in an entirely different way. That's how I would have explained
0: it. Now, would you say, though, you would have the luxury of basically talking to your 20 year old self as a person who appreciated reason? Uh, yeah, for
1: sure. No, that would have, I would have, I, I I really think I would have changed my own mind. Okay. I really do. Um, because I can be a charming son of, son of a gun when, when when the mood calls, <laughs> uh, but seriously, I, I I think I think all I'm really saying is is that if if 60 year old Bill could have gone back and talked to 20 year old mm-hmm. Bill, I would have been able to explain to him the pathway. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I would have exp- I would have been able to compress the the pathway that 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 got me from here to over here. Here's here's how you change thinking about mm-hmm. these things, and um, yeah. And I, I, I still kind of wonder if I'm going to wake up and see 100-year-old Bill saying, <laughs> Bill, no. <laughs> Woke is awesome. And socialized health care is fantastic. It's unbelievable. You won't believe how happy people are. And you are going to be so embarrassed that you fought for things like freedom and liberty <laughs> and you know, all that. That would take some convincing. But I'm, I'm at least open to the possibility. Mm. I, I'll, I'll listen. You're gonna have to put some evidence down for a claim like that, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to anything.
0: That's a scary thought, man. Like a hundred-year-old Bill with a BLM shirt and all that sort of stuff. Man, I don't know. But now,
1: because but you know, Bill, we get asked, man, how are we gonna reach? <laughs> you know, these these. these I'm these, down. I'm down with the movement. Right. I, I have a hoodie too, and I'll be laying down some fat beats.
0: <laughs> and and I've heard them beats, man. They are fat. They are fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> obese even. Oh, oh, God, um.
1: please don't let me live. I don't want to live that long. <laughs>
0: Yeah, obese. I'm gonna lay down some obese beats. <laughs> obese beats. That's that's catchy, Bill. I like it's that. Not that's bad. Right? Yeah. But now But but we get asked, man. How are we going to reach uh, these twenty year olds in these uh, uh, this woke crowd? What 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 is the uh, the path to connecting with them? Like I said, you have the le- you, you can reflect on your past and consider mm-hmm. yourself as a person who appreciates reason. It's like okay, we can reason this out, and you follow it to this conclusion. You're a pretty mm-hmm. bright guy. You know that how this is gonna play out. Um, but a lot of folks, they're not, you know, I don't want to say that they're just naturally that way, but a lot of folks are conditioned to not be able to communicate like that where you can't just reason with them. There has to be another angle.
1: Right. Yeah. There's a lot of people I, I could reach with reason, but more and more every day if you ask me what I would use in order to, uh, to deal with them. I think my answer would be i'd use one of those long poles that the guys in animal control have that have a little noose on the end you know and you put it around the the the, the neck of this feral dog and you get to keep it you know at a 10 foot distance and and just kind of you know okay shock prod calm down yeah and then right tranquilizer dart in the neck and then uh and then um we'll set them free uh and see how how they like uh being able to and
0: we know how Get people like plantation. being shocked. It sounds like, you know, the shock yes. rod will be in play. I don't know if that's the way that we really, <laughs> not really use that kind of shock therapy, but I guess, uh, uh,
1: you know. Cattle, you know, cattle prods have a, have a persuasive factor all their own. <laughs> um, well, that'll do it for this edition of The Virtue Signal. It's made possible by the members at uh, com, And if you'd like to join us, you can just go right there to uh, BillWhittle.com. You can become a member, make a one-time donation if you'd like. Um, we really enjoy talking about these things, and, and, and it's always just good among friends to have these kind of conversations, but it's also good to know that there are people of goodwill out there who may disagree on certain things or come from different backgrounds, and, and it's not the end of the world despite what they wanted uh, you to believe. So for my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time right here on The Virtue Signal. Oh, man. You know what time it is. It's time for the signal response.
0: Let's get into some trouble now, <laughs> i am not looking to get in any trouble man it is definitely not my intention to step on any toes or anything like that you know frivolously sometimes you know you go step on some toes man sometimes it's got to be done but i definitely don't do it for the delight of getting like some sort of kick out of or anything like that i'm not one of those people who likes to get people triggered you know and things like that it's not my thing man it's like i want to see people wake up man not melt down ain't my thing man so this is my side hustle man the uh the signal response uh it's a signal response to the jam that I do with uh Bill Whittle called the Virtue Signal. And a Virtue Signal, you know, we explore, you know, we try to get down to this what is what is this virtue that you guys are talking about? What is this virtue that we're supposed to be able to, you know, follow, you know, acquiesce to and, and abide by, you know, in, in this age of virtue signaling and stuff like that. Uh we gonna we're gonna have to come to terms on what virtue is, man, because I don't think you guys really know what it is, right? So these virtue signals are out there. So we're exploring this this virtue, right? Um, and also, so in doing that, you know, what I try to bring to the table is, uh, you know, for me, uh, if we're going to establish a virtue or we're going to define what virtue is, it has to rest on something, you know, eternal. You know, we're, we're finite creatures, man. You know, we're made of finite material. So our ideas of, of virtue are going to be finite too. They could change, you know, you could have these ideas one minute and and before you know it, it's like, oh, I'm thinking a whole different way. You know, so even our own ideas of uh, our our foundations of what we believe and our morals and all that sort of stuff you know we have to have something to actually really base that on and that's where the word of god comes in heaven and earth will pass away the word of god remains forever so if i'm gonna you know uh profess this virtue well i need that foundation to operate from you know i'd be fooling myself to think that i could design my own virtue and stuff like that that'd be me being really full of myself you know it's like i make my own destiny and all that you know don't get me wrong man we 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 uh go ahead and make a path man we get on a path and stuff like that but uh you know we have a choice on what path we're going to take it, ideally um <laughs> i would highly recommend that you take the path that the lord you know his his path is narrow man and that's that's the one that you want though at the end of the day trust me uh so at any rate that's what we're exploring uh you know we've explored things like that in the virtue signal and uh, what i like to do is i like to uh you know, respond to folks, you know, cause I'm very grateful that people, uh, check out the show. What's up, hard Boy entertainment. I see you, man. HBE up in her. Uh, let's see. You know, that's what we explore. And, uh, you know, this is me responding, you know, cause I'm very grateful that people, you know, check out the show. A lot of people feel fed by it. You know, they, they like, um, you know, like what we're sharing with folks having real, you know, practical, uh, and, and they take it as very insightful discussion, uh, that actually, um, that, that, You know, gives them really something to think about, something thought-provoking. Rather than just um, stirring up pride, That's what we try to do. Uh, People try to say that we're preaching to the choir. It's like, we're not preaching. We're on YouTube, dude. (laughs) And we're being punished for that. You might have noticed that our our views have dropped way down because the liberal elite, the overlords um, of... of, um, these platforms these liberal overlords have punished us by making us you know very difficult to find and our content marginalized so they can't see us so that really affects your livelihood so we're not just preaching to the choir and stuff like that uh, but people do hear it, and you know they say, "Hey, man, you know that's that's something for me to think about." You know, and I've and I've and I've i felt these things, and I've thought these things, I just haven't really been able to put them into words and stuff like that. So they really feel like uh, you know we're bringing something useful to the table. I'm very you know grateful that they hear that, and I'm grateful you know the Lord has blessed us to be able to share these things with folks. Uh, so you know that's what we do, you know in the virtue signal. So I respond to these folks, and some of the responses that I respond, you know, some they're not always favorable responses. Or you know, sometimes I may just think their response is interesting, and I want to share with with y'all. I, I like what their responses brought to the table, so I want to share it with y'all. Uh, some of the responses are are you know just flat out it's like, whoa, whoa, where are you going with that? You know, and those I want to you know I want to address those as well. So that being said, um, let me see what what do we have there. Wells, somebody's uh, We got DSM says Wells. So oh, I guess Facebook and YouTube finally won for their pity for their pity part. If hard, I I, I let me see. I, I, I guess I gotta work on my. I, I got, maybe I gotta admit, man, I need glasses. One of these days I'm gonna have to just, I'm just like, just give in, Zo, Just give in and just get some glasses. I, I can't really see this kind of too close together. All right. <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. I was like, hey, Zo, when somebody drops like five or 10 bucks, you know, in the super chat, I noticed that you can see those really good. <laughs> highlighted and stuff. Of course I can see them easier. But that? any rate, man, I'm just grateful that you guys drop in as it is. You know, I'm very grateful when people like drop a buck in the bucket or something like that. You know, I'm grateful for that, but I'm also just grateful for you guys dropping in as it is. So that being said, let me go ahead and get on with some of these responses, man. Uh, let me give you all a little bit of context. Uh Bill and I were talking about Love you back, and uh, thank you. And uh, we were talking about uh, in this episode, which is in the link. You guys can check out the full episode and check out our discussion. Talk about what Bill asks, uh, What what scares you the most, man? What 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 are you most afraid of? And and, uh, basically, I just said, hey, man. um, Right off the top of my head, when I think about what scares me most, it's it's to be somebody that the Lord doesn't know. I, I I oh man, the 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 crush the the crushing of of the Lord saying, hey, depart from me. I don't know you. I, I I don't know where you, I don't know we I don't know where you come from, and uh, get away from me. You doer of lawlessness. You know it's like, man, I th- that frightens me, right? To be somebody that the Lord has, has decided. I said, man, I don't want to know you. Um, so and and Bill's response was so like this. He's he's asking this this excommunication, and uh, so I, I clarified and said, like, well, no no not not so much because I'm I'm I don't I don't base this fear on what a religion says, but what the Word of God says what the Lord has, has said himself, you know, this is, that's the thing that frightens me. Uh, I don't, I don't, to be excommunicated, excommunicated from a religion, no, that, and, and for anybody else, because uh, I know there's people out there, man, who feel like they've been, you know, they're, they're heartbroken because they've been excommunicated from their religion or something like that. And I'm like, uh, don't feel heartbroken. They did you a favor. If you got excommunicated from your religion, they did you a favor. I told y'all I'm going to step on some toes. I don't do it frivolously, man. I was like, I'm I'm trying to help y'all. It's like, um, but at any rate, um, yeah, they did you a favor. Take that opportunity to seek Yeshua for who he says he is. Not according to a religion, right? The real freedom, the real liberty, the salvation is in Yeshua himself, not in trying to accomplish the tenets of a religion. All right. R- religion is not, is not the freedom. Religion is not the salvation. The Lord is right. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. We're going to elaborate on that. But, um, so at any rate, in answering those questions, like, no, not, not, not the excommunication of a religion. That doesn't scare me as, as uh, I don't subscribe to a religion. It's Jesus himself, right? He is the law. Now for him to say, you know, depart from me. I don't know you. I never knew you. And I don't know where you come from that. That's that scares me to death. Right. Uh, thankfully that the Lord is not a, a, uh, a, spirit of fear since a spirit of fear or confusion or anything like that. Uh, it's not so much about Jesus imposing that fear on me. It's about me. You know, it's like, man, I hope that I would never assume that yes, I did everything good and I did everything right. And I, I've lived up to my religion and I, and I should be able to, you know, satisfy, you know, the, uh, the law and uh, be a good enough person, for Jesus to see me as a good enough person. What scares me is me thinking that I would be so full of myself, so prideful, right? And that's what, a, it, it, you know, that's what a religion is, y'all. A religion, r- religion is, is the biggest institution of pride. That's what it is, right? And when you have a religion that has these hierarchies, these ecumenical hierarchies and stuff like that, you can't get pride out of that. You cannot, Right. Your aspiration is to seek the next title or the next accomplishment within your religion, title, whichever. That's the thing that you're trying to ascend to rather than relying on Jesus, the one who is responsible for our ascension in the first place. You want to ascend, ascend to something, you leave that to the Lord and he is the power behind our ascension, not ascending to the next title. Right. It's like, you know, that, that you, you can't take pride out of that. Right. These aspirations that you may have to be the next uh, uh, to to achieve the next title in uh, in in your in your in your doctrine. You know, it's that that doesn't work. Right. So that's where we rely on on Yeshua for that. Uh, So at any rate, y'all, I'm answering these questions, you know, and some people are, you know, they're and They think that I'm I'm, I'm picking on their, their religion and stuff like that. Uh, and it's like, you know, come on man, you know, it's it's touche We know that you guys don't have favorable things to say about just us who just believe in jesus alone and do not depend on a religion Jesus is our high priest. He is he is exactly who we go to right? Some people don't look favorably on that. They don't have nice things to say about it So I know that I don't come off as frivolously salty You know, um, I may rib a little bit, but i'm not mean-spirited about it You know, but people take it just because you disagree with them. They take it as hate uh, so you know, that being said, let's take a look at, um, let's take a look at uh, Romano, uh, YouTube user Romano, who says, sorry, Zoe, I like you, but you're 100% wrong on this. Check out John 21 and Matthew 16, 18. I love when people like throw these scriptures in my face as if I never read it. It's like, well, you think I haven't read it, man? All right. Well, uh, matter of fact, if you don't believe that I read it, well, let's go ahead and and, and read it. Let's read it right now, right? Well, let's, let's read it right now. And um, yeah, th- and I hear you. Uh, th- that reminded me when I was talking about like the thing that, I, that, I re- that I'm really afraid of. It's just like I said, me, me thinking that I've done what would satisfy the Lord. Me, me being foolish enough, that's what it comes down to. Me being foolish enough to think that I am a good enough person to satisfy the Lord. The, 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 me be, it's, it's not my goodness that gets me in to the Lord's kingdom. It's his goodness, right? Me thinking that I've lived up, it's like, well, I've I've covered all the bases, and I know I'm not a perfect person, but I know that I've did enough in, in my religion to, to, to satisfy God. Our righteousness is but filthy rags to God, right? I would be terrified. That's something to talk about something that terrifies me is me thinking that I've done everything that is that is that should be cool with Jesus, right? Only to find out that Jesus, is like, man, I don't know you. <laughs> All right. So that kind of thing, you know, just th- that scares me. All right. So at any rate, let's uh, let me get back to uh, uh, Romano, who says that I'm 100 percent wrong on this. And he tells me to read things like Matthew 16, 18, as if I've never read it. OK, well, just to satisfy Romano. Right. Luke, go ahead and read it together just so we can say that, now that we can we can say, hey, we read it. Right. So let's uh, let's even back it up a little bit. Okay, he says. Uh, let's see. Um, but what about you? What about you? Jesus asked. Who do you say I is? <laughs> right? Who do you say I am? Notice he says I am. Yeah. Right. That's right. I look for all that stuff, man. Anyway, uh, Simon Peter answered, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Jesus replied, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah." For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, that's meaning, his name meaning rock, right? I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Now he says to read from 16, 18, let's read just a little bit further, right? Just so we just make sure we cover it, you know? Then he admonished the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. All right. From there, he says, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and scribes, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Far be it from you, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me for you do not have the things you do not have in mind the things of God, but of the things of men. Right. Heck, it's a heck of a thing to say, y'all. That's a heck of a thing to say. All right. So uh, Peter's supposed to be the, the first pope here, right? And I guess Peter is, is maybe exercising this, uh, this ex cathedra thing. (laughs) Is that, is, 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 is Peter able to use the ex cathedra thing as an excuse? All right. Uh, that's a heck of a thing for, for Jesus to say to the vicar, the first vicar of Christ, call him Satan. Is that what Jesus is going to call the first Pope, the devil? (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Maybe y'all didn't read that far. Okay. So in this, even if, even if y'all do want to use the ex cathedra excuse, Jesus don't like it. Jesus himself don't like it. He like, say, hey, hey, Peter, you're speaking out of school here, man. Right? So you're not caught up with the affairs of God. You're caught up with the affairs of men. Kind of sound like the Pope that we got now, don't it? That, 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 that uh, the church, the church has now. Right? So and you can totally tell that Pope Francis is all about the affairs of men. He ain't about the affairs of God at all. But I guess he's, you know, he's relying on that ex cathedral thing, I guess the same way that Peter did, and, and, and the Lord called him Satan for it. So you might want to think about that. All right? So um, now, um, let's also look at, now I guess another thing that uh, they want to lean on is that um, they want to lean on things like, uh, verse 22. Right. They want to give uh, Peter the the, uh, the power of this papacy uh, because Peter uh, supposedly Peter was given this authority, which he was given authority. But it's not what you guys think it means. You know, for those who subscribe to a, a religion uh, that requires a pope, uh, it's not what you think it means. Please, please examine this closely. According to verse 22, Peter did make a binding declaration, didn't he? OK, so if we say in verse 22, I mean, uh, hold up. Let me back it up real quick. Uh, and also, don't let me forget, y'all, because I want to let's examine that. As a matter of fact, let me do it right now while I'm thinking about it, because I'll remember the other thing. When the Lord says on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. What do you all think that means? Right. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. The gates. A gate is a gate. It opens. It closes. Right. And, and you can't do nothing about the gate unless you come to it. The gate ain't gonna come looking for you, right? This is a, this this is a gate to a uh, uh, an establishment, right? Where you can go in or you can come out. That's what this gate is. So, what is it about this gate that would prevail against somebody? Doesn't that sound kind of strange, right? On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. Y'all, let me explain what this means. Okay, this is how, Mr. Nuance. Two bucker, right on, man, thank you, thank you. Um, now I don't wanna lose my train of thought. You know, I derail really easy. Okay, so like I said, this is a strange statement. It sounds like this gates of hell, the, the, this, these gates are gonna come looking for you, right? Okay, when it says that the gates will not prevail against this church, y'all, re, let, let, me prep, let me say this really quick. The church is not a building. The church is not a religion. The church is not a system. The church is us. The church are those who believe the Lord according to who he says he is. Not according to a religion, not according to a system, not according to these these merits or anything like that. You believe in Jesus according to who he says he is in the canon, not according to the apocrypha, not according to any extra biblical text. You realize that he is the sufficient one. He has given you everything that you need to know about him. And you don't have to wonder if you're if you're looking in the right religion or anything like uh, uh, like that. You see him for who he says he is because the Bible tells you sufficiently who he is. A just God is going to do that. He is going to give you what you need to know to understand the policy. All right. So we have that in the canon. Now, when you are the, the church are the ones who accept that and you believe the Lord for who he says he is. Now, when you have that, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. How is that? Because the gates of hell, the gates of hell, you know what the gates of hell are, y'all? The gates are, of hell are displayed with the deceptions that will lead you away from God. The deceived, right? If you are not, if you are not of the church of God, if you have not received and you have accepted who the Lord is, according to who he says he is, you will be deceived by the gates of hell and you will enter. But the gates of hell cannot deceive. You cannot get trapped behind the gates of hell ever. If you recognize who Yeshua is, according to who he says he is, that is the gates of hell. All right. So now, but when you have these people who assume that, that the rel- a religion is how you get to the Lord, then you are the one susceptible to the gates. All right. That's not the church right? That's not the church, man. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you. So now let me get on back to, uh, uh, when these people try to say, they try to give Peter the Pope powers, right? Try to give him the Pope because the Lord says, whatever you bind, uh, on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Okay. That's not, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Okay. Cause if it did, then Peter couldn't make the, the, the binding statement that he made in verse 22. What did Peter say? Peter took the Lord aside and rebuked him and said, far be it from you, Lord. He said, this will never happen to you. And remember, the Lord called him Satan for it. Now, if Peter had this Pope power to bind on earth, which would be bound in heaven and loosed on earth, which would be loosed in heaven. Then Peter would have had the authority to say that this will never happen to you. And it would have been. So the Lord never would have been executed because Peter said it and it would have been bound on earth and it would have been bound in heaven. All right. Now, if Peter has demanded that Peter would be loosed from this, then it would have been loose on earth and it would have been loosed in heaven. And yes, it would have never had been executed. All right. So you guys are reading it wrong. All right. So, it doesn't mean what you think it means. All right. Peter is a demonstration of what we're all supposed to understand, accept and have faith in that Yeshua. Remember when Yeshua says, I'm on this rock, I'm gonna build my church on this rock. Well, what you're supposed to understand that Yeshua is the, is the rock, right? He's reflected in Peter. He's supposed to be reflected in all of us. Are we not made in the image of God? Is not God supposed to see Yeshua the rock in us to be acceptable to God? Our righteousness is not acceptable to God. It's Jesus that's acceptable to God, right? And Jesus is the rock. And Peter is the demonstration of this lesson, right? I am the chief stone man. I am the rock that this is built on, right? So that's what the Lord is breaking down to Peter. This is what, now this is all, this is revealed to us. Flesh and blood doesn't reveal this to us. The father in heaven does. Right? Our job is to accept it. It's to recognize it. Right? Accept that. Okay, so now when we have that, y'all, that's when the Lord builds in us. The Lord builds us when we have that rock, when we understand that He is the rock, He is the chief stone. You got it? Okay, now from there, I will build this church. Please listen to what He says when He's talking about Peter. Hey, Peter, you dig it, man. You see what's up. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. My Father in heaven did. And on this rock, I, I, he didn't tell you, he didn't tell Peter. He said, I will build my church. I didn't tell you to build a system. I didn't tell you to build a religion. I didn't tell you that this church is brick and mortar. You're the church. I'm the chief stone. I'm the architect. I'm the builder. It's my church. You belong to me. I build it, right? He didn't tell us to go build some religion that none of us can live up to. Come on, man right? So y'all, I'm just being straight with you. I'm just, but you, and I know, I know people in their religion, man, they get really offended by it. And some of these people, they be the same ones that people shouldn't be offended. And they hate all that PC nonsense. Well, I'm not going to be PC, which I'm not going to be politically correct, which I'm going to tell you straight, right? Whether you believe me or not, I understand if you don't believe me, right? But I'm, I'm under no obligation to conform to your religions, you know, to, to your religious corrections, right? To be relig- to be religiously correct. Right. It's, uh, it's I, I, I don't conform to that. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm not really sorry. But, you know, it's a, but I, I mean, you know, I, I don't want people to take it as as me trying to be contentious or anything like that. It's not what I mean to do, man. It's like I, I say this for your edification. I say this out of love, not out of uh, any sort of spite or anything like that. But I do have issues with people, you know, leading people away from God. You know, it's, it's the, a religion is not a way to God. That's not how you get to him. The Lord said, "I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me." He didn't say that religion or a system is the way to God. He didn't say that. He said, "I, I am the way." All right? So, um let me see. Let's take a look at um let's take a look at what Angel Blanco says. Angel Blanco says you don't understand what Catholicism is. I guess everybody's. I guess it's. It's really the 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 Catholics that really came after me on this one, uh. Um. And and yeah. And I love y'all, man. It's like, look, I'm I'm not trying to 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 bash. It's like they take it as bashing. Look, man, I'm not trying to bash it. This is this is civil discourse, right? And and this has been going on. Is, this has been going on a long time. Right. Even before Yeshua was here, there was these discourses between, you know, uh, which God is worthy and stuff like that or which 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 uh, religion or anything like that. You know, this has been going on for a long time. Jesus came and settled that. But, you know, people still going to be knuckleheaded. You know, people still going to argue over these things. And uh, I don't do it. It's, man. I don't like to argue. It's, I want to play some rock and roll, man. But, uh, you know, but we're we're under orders, man, to, to tell the truth, you know, and um, it's. That's what what I'm trying to do. I I understand that you guys believe that you have the truth. I understand that, right? But um, it's it's not beyond challenge. You know, so I challenge these things. Um, Let me see. The Lord be praised. Now, Angel Blanco says, you don't understand what Catholicism is. Excommunication means that you have committed a mortal sin and you have been separated from God to receive absolution. Certain conditions must be met. Uh, Compunction for your sins, partly because of, or are just punishment, but mostly because we have offended God, who are all good, who uh, who are all good and deserving of all our love, firm amendment to reform our life. Uh, to form our, to form our lives. I think that's what he's trying to say. Uh, Angel, Angel, I'm sorry, Angel, if I'm, if I'm kind of like butchering what you said here, I'm just reading what, what it is that you have written. Uh, make restitution and avoid all occasions of sin. Read the acts of the apostles and James and Paul. As if I didn't read them. I said, okay. Okay. Now, uh, he says, I don't understand what Catholicism is and excommunication, uh, what it means and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, but here's the thing, Angel, I'm, I'm not required to know. Uh, you know, as, and I guess as long as I'm not being deceived, uh, like you are, that just means I don't understand, right? Uh, certain conditions dude. the condition is to repent. That's the condition, right? Not to perform some ritual to satisfy some religious statutes for atonement, right? No, none of us can do that, right? The Lord has already performed the perfect atonement. He's already done that. The atonement is complete. It's perfect. Our job is to repent and accept it, okay? And then don't sin anymore. Don't keep doing these sins. So uh, I think I, I may understand it, you know, and I don't want to get redundant because we're going to cover this stuff. It's like his, uh, his thoughts are reflected in other people's thoughts and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll get to it. We'll cover more of this. Uh, let me see. We got uh, Dennis M. Dennis M. says, your anti-Catholicism is getting irritated. <laughs> it's getting irritating. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. Uh, it's getting irritating. And zo. So, has a real problem that he's trying to work out but struggling with. Um, okay, if you're irritated, man, go rub some ointment on it or something. You, you'll be all right. Okay, um, now, he says that you do not understand the whole idea of excommunication and the reason for it, the virtue signal is no longer on my watch list. How petty. He's like, Come on, man. We can't have like a, a disagreement here. And he's like, But, you know, I, I dig it, man. If it's, if it's not a comfortable show for you, then I understand. Don't, don't do it. it makes you uncomfortable, I guess. And he says, I struggle. I struggle with it It's uh, uh, no, no, I don't, I don't struggle with it at all. I don't struggle with it at all. Uh, I'm not required to understand or submit to your religious decrees concerning excommunication. All right. And here's a real, and, and, and y'all, here's a really good way to be excommunicated. Go to a religion for salvation. All right. Rather than going to the Lord himself, going directly to the Lord. Right. You want to be excommunicated. You assume to go ahead and you think that you can satisfy the Lord by way of a religion. Good luck with that. All right. You go to the Lord himself. That's what he went to the cross for. He's our high priest. That's what he went for. He bled for that. Right. He bled for that for us to be able to go to him directly. All right. Now, if that's not good enough for you and you think that you got to put the middleman of a religion in there because you think that that's what's going to satisfy him. And these other co-redeeming factors, you know, that are going to put in there. You've insulted the Lord. You really want to you want to get on his bad side. Assume that you can satisfy a religion to satisfy him. All right. Rather than just going directly to him, because that's what he died for. All right. Anyway, uh, let's take uh, Maximilian Wilde. Maximilian Wilde says, Sorry guys, but you're absolutely wrong about it. <laughs> it really, really beating up the excommunication thing, man. Sorry guys, but you're uh, you're absolutely you're absolutely, absolutely, absolutely wrong about excommunication. I have to say that the Christ that Christ only founded the one church. Okay, um, yeah, man, uh, the one church. you you're right. You're right. The Lord did establish the one church, and the one church is the people, not a religion, not a system, but the people who believe in him for who he says he is. That is the one church, all right? It's not a system, it's not a religion, all right? Um, Now, he says, uh, and this is Maximilian Wilde, goes on to say he founded no others. I never said he did. (laughs) I never said he founded any other church, right? Uh, Then he goes on to say, so excommunication is still a thing, Where does Jesus, who is God incarnate? Okay, we agree there, Maximilian. uh, He goes on to say, say that you, if you don't like what the church is teaching or whatever it's doing, you can leave and found another in his name. Uh, Max, I never said it. I I never suggested that he did. Right. This guy's making up things. I said, just like. He's making up what the Bible says, which is a religion is based on, right? He's making up things of what the Bible said and trying to establish some religion on it that doesn't even reflect these things. Using the trappings of it to make it look familiar, try to make it look legit. But at the end of the day, in the long run, it does not reflect what the Lord taught, right? So this dude is making up things that I said and believes, thing, believes made up things that the Bible says. That or actually didn't say, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? So and uh, now here's the thing, Jesus wouldn't have said those things because he never told us to build a religion to be excommunicated from in the first place, right? So, but a good but again y'all a good way to be excommunicated from Jesus if we want to use that word, uh, who is the law himself, is to follow a religion. Instead of him. Right. Even if you think that your religion is the bestest in the world. Right. The thing is, y'all, you'll just have a religion. You won't have the law. Right. You can't serve two masters. The the, the Lord isn't going to to, uh, try to make room for your religion or anything like that. You either have him or you don't. You don't have a religion and you have Jesus. No, you simply have Jesus. Right. So now he's going to say, look, depart from me. I don't know you, all right? I don't know you, you doers of lawlessness. Because like I said, man, here, you, please understand this. Yeshua himself is the law. He is the law, right? So now, if you assume that you've got a religion instead of Jesus, who is the law himself, then that guess what that makes you? That makes you lawless because you have a religion. You don't have the law, who is Jesus himself, right? So, You can go ahead and try to assume that you are making it about him and that in your religion, that you're all you're all about Jesus and stuff like that. Let's look at what Jesus himself says about it. Oh, Lord, we believe it. Right. Right right here. okay. many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Right. And we know how popular (laughs) the Mexicans are with Catholics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? And Jesus is going to say, you doers of lawlessness, I don't know you, right? Because you, you, you don't have the law. You don't have me. You have a religion, right? So now he goes on to say what excommunication does depend, uh, does depends on the level of it. A regular priest can't issue a formal excommunication, but his bishop can't. Oh, there's, the, there's that hierarchy again, right? So now this, uh, this priest. I would assume has aspirations of becoming a bishop to be able to have the authority to do these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I said, you can't take pride out of it. Right. And God don't dig pride. The only thing, the only one worth boasting in is the Lord himself. But these titles that we want to ascend to, like I said, trying to ascend to your next title so you can have these authorities and stuff like that. You can't take pride out of that. Right. These aspirations that you may have. Right. Sound like the devil, man. The devil himself saying, I will ascend north of God's throne. This ascension element, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to go ahead and climb that ladder until he surpassed God. That was his pride talking. So this sounds like the same thing. How far up do you guys want to go up that ladder? Huh? Right. So you you can't take pride out of it. So um, in this right here, let me see. He goes on to say, um. Oh man, okay. A regular priest, so he was saying a regular priest can't issue a formal excommunication, but his bishop can. And what this means is that you cannot receive Holy Communion. You cannot receive the the Eucharist. Man, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. You cannot receive the Eucharist, which is Christ transubstantiated in the form of bread and wine in that diocese. Oh man, okay. Uh, No. All right. Transubstantiation. No, guys. No. Come on, man. No. All right. The Lord. Let's get down to that bread and wine, man. Let's get down to the bread and wine. The Lord is represented by the bread and the wine. This ain't a new thing, man. This is this is big. This goes back as far as Melchizedek sharing bread and wine with Abraham. It goes back as far as that. Right. He was represented by the bread and wine and the offering ordinances at the tabernacle. It goes back. It goes back that far. This ain't like some new thing. Jesus is always reflecting on who he's been, man. This ain't, this, this ain't some news ahead this oh let's let's do something new here I got some bread I got some wine why do you think he says do this in remembrance of me because he wants you to remember who he's always been that's why there was a memorial offering at the tabernacle they had the memorial offerings so you would remember when Jesus busts this out and'd be like oh snap that was you this was the lesson that was always this has been taught yeah right this ain't about Jesus flesh and blood you know the bread and wine turning into his flesh and blood in your tummy on the way down, that's not what that is. He's trying to tell you who he's always been, right? So this goes back that far, man. This goes back, Jesus is the bread from heaven, man. This goes back to the bread falling for the Israelites, the bread of the angels, the bread from heaven. Jesus like, yeah, man, that was me. That was always representing me. I'm the bread, man. I'm the wine. That was always me, right? That's what he's trying to get you to understand, man. So in all this time, man, and, 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 and as long as this has been going on, I ain't never. You ain't never going to read in the Bible, you know, because, you know, there had to be because that bread, that's a dry cracker, man. (laughs) Is he eating that that matzo? (laughs) That's some dry bread, man. You mean to tell me ain't nobody ever choked on that? (laughs) Coughed it up. Right. And then coughing up that matzo bread. They were like, oh, damn. And I just I just I just coughed up some human flesh. Right. Ain't nobody ever said that. Because it never happens. That's not what happens when you eat the bread and drink the wine. It does not turn into the flesh of Jesus. It does not turn into his blood. Totally missed the point of what that means. That's why the word tells you to examine yourself when you eat the bread and you drink the wine. Do you know who Jesus has always said he's been? Examine yourself. Make sure that you understand that the bread has always represented. Jesus goes quite in depth about making the connection between him and the bread. It was always me. That's how you know that I am the one qualified to show up and redeem you because the lesson was always about me. Do you see me, right? Can you see the wine in it? Can you see the wine offering that was supposed to be there, right? Yeah, that represents me. That's what Jesus always talking about. And if you don't examine yourself with the information that the Lord has put into us for us to be able to acknowledge and recognize that it has always been him, then you ain't got no business going on and just eating and drinking as if it's just something that you do in church. It's not something that you're supposed to do in church at a building that you go to called church. No, you're supposed to be church and to be church. You need to recognize who Jesus is as that bread and as that wine. Not some, you know, witchcraft. Hocus pocus hocus, that's gonna turn the bread and, and wine that you eat into human flesh and human blood. Come on, man. That's not what that is. That's demonic stuff, man. Only demons would be satisfied with chewing on the body of Christ. I'm gonna eat your body. Right? Mm, Jesus tastes delicious. Demons will like that. Right? No. When you when you in the priesthood of God, when you understand that he is who he says he is. This is you getting to sup with the Lord, right? But his word, you're eating of the word. Yes, the word became flesh, but for all intents and purposes, you are, you are taking in the law. You are getting the law into your system, right? Is what you're doing. You are, you are taking in the law. You are accepting the perfect atonement of the Lord. You realize that he is our perfect atonement and you accept that and you rely on him for salvation, not the merits of a religion. OK, not your own merits to satisfy a religion. All right. OK, so now let's see. Uh, hold up. Hold up. Uh, he said he goes on to say, uh, you can go to another diocese and receive if you're still in relatively good standing in the church. This is important because John laid out everything you need to know about salvation. Jesus talked about he goes on to say, uh, who is this saying this again? This is uh, Maximilian, Maximilian Wilde goes on to say that Jesus talked about how if you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you will have no life within you. Talked about how okay, if you do not. Sorry, sorry. Uh, If you do not eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life within you. And he wasn't being symbolic. When the people. He was talking to found his teaching to be too hard. They left. Dude, the reason why they found it too hard, let me just explain this really quick. The reason why they found it too hard is because they did not remember that Yeshua is the tabernacle lesson. Why do you think there was a memorial offering? It is so you will remember these lessons and you will know how to associate it with Yeshua who is represented by the bread from heaven and represent his wine is the spilled blood making our salvation complete. They didn't understand that. That's why the lesson was too hard for them and that's why they left. And they associated, well, man, is he talking about being a cannibal? Jesus never gave no sanction on any cannibalism. He didn't tell these people, okay, hey, man, let's go ahead and do this. Go ahead and line up with your plate, man. Get your fores, get your knife, and go ahead and start chopping some flesh off me. Let's have a feast. That's not what he meant. But, but for those who did not associate him with the tabernacle lesson, they didn't get it. And they just sim- simply thought that he was talking about some cannibalism. And then they left. That's why. Just like y'all. Basically, what you guys are talking about is being cannibals. Jesus never sanctioned that. Never. You missed the lesson. Right? You totally missed The lesson went way over your head right? So let's see. Uh, so that's when um, when the people he was talking to found his teaching to be too hard, they left. And Jesus turned to his disciples and asked, are you going to leave me too? Right? And he, Now, that's what the, he's, he's quoting from the scriptures. He goes on to say, Maximilian goes on to say, this is the center of Christianity, the Eucharist. Without it, you have nothing. You can actually excommunicate yourself, but not formally. If you take the Eucharist, unworthily, meaning you haven't been baptized in the church, which automatically, and he says, he says in parentheses, he says, which automatically washes away your sins during that baptism. I'll repeat this. He says, meaning you haven't been baptized in the church, which automatically washes away your sins during that baptism. This is wrong, right? Let's read it. Okay. Cause he overlooked acts 19 one acts 19 one says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through, uh, the interior and came to, uh, yeah, and came to Ephesus there. He found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy spirit when you became believers? No, they answered. We have not heard that there is a Holy spirit. Right. Into what then were you baptized? All right. So they were baptized, y'all. Right. Paul asked the baptism of John, they replied. Paul explained John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. Okay, so Maximilian is wrong. Your sins are not automatically washed away with your baptism. It's telling you flat out. That doesn't mean that you receive the Holy Spirit. You got to understand what you're being baptized in. They didn't understand what they were being baptized in. They didn't get it because they did not recognize Jesus for who he says he is. Right. And part of who not recognize who Jesus says he is, is understand that there's going to be a Trinity to that father, son, Holy spirit. Right. So, so just because they were baptized does not mean that, Hey, they've accepted their salvation and their sins are washed away. It doesn't mean that the Bible just flat out told you that they didn't receive the Holy spirit. All right. So also, let's take this one. Um, hold up. Yeah. And Acts 8. Let's take a look at Acts eight fourteen. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. On their arrival, they prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them and then they received the Holy Spirit. So they were baptized even in the name of Jesus. Does that mean that their sins were washed away? Does it mean that they received the Holy Spirit? No. Hey, so Max Millen, sorry, man, you, you, you're wrong about that. When you, when you get baptized, man, you have to understand, Right. That that you, you get baptized and, and even even when you get baptized, you're not immediately going to receive the Holy Spirit. You're not immediate. You may not immediately understand, but you have an obligation to start to understand if you're going to make this commitment. If you're going to make this outward show of I have this faith well you got to start learning who Jesus is. You got to learn about him. Right. Your sins are just it doesn't mean that you've, you've, you've received the salvation. You got to repent. Right. OK, so. Like I said, a per, it doesn't just, it's telling you that a person does not immediately receive the Holy Spirit. It can come later, right? You got to start to get to know who Yeshua is according to who he says he is. The condition is repentance. It's, it's a gift of salvation that's available to everybody, but you got to repent And in order for you to repent. Please understand this. In order for you to repent, you got to know who you're repenting to. You see what I'm saying? Is say, it? Oh, I repent. Repent to who? Who, who? who are you considering qualified to be the atonement for you? You can't just go and repent to, and, and say you repent to yourself. You can't go and, and say you repent to your best friend. You can't go and say you repent to your mama, your daddy or anything like that. You can't say that. No, you have to take to the one qualified to be the atonement for us. You take your repentance to him. That is what you're baptized in, Right. This is how you receive the Holy Spirit. You get to know who Yeshua is according to who he says he is. All right? So let me see. Um, now he goes on to uh, he goes on to talk about points that uh, I've already covered. Uh, let me see. Gray, gray stash, gray stash says uh, a question: the devil, evil, would never threaten to send a person to heaven, huh? as a punishment. But God threatens to send people to hell as a punishment who is trustworthy. Um, okay, that's, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make sense of this. And I, I don't, I don't want to misunderstand what he's saying, but uh, okay. But let me, let me start by saying this. He, he's, he's saying that God threatens. God doesn't threaten. God don't, God don't make threats. Baby. God can carry out whatever he says. You know, God backs up everything. He says he don't make threats. He may warn you. Definitely make a warning. Like, Look, man, don't try me on this. Right. But he don't make threats. All right. And as far as the devil, um, the devil would never threaten to send somebody to, you know, well, uh, the devil. It's not so much that the devil is, is uh, going to maybe make this threat tactic or anything like that. It's that'd be like saying, hey, a person is um, is going to say, hey, man, why don't you come on and stop over by my house so I can murder you? Right. It's like, no, it's like the first thing that the Bible tells you about the devil is that he works in subtleties. And yeah, in a way, I guess the devil does try to make you think that, hey, there's something better than heaven, that you can enjoy these indulgences while you're here. Man, it's, it's, heaven ain't going to give you that, man. Go ahead and live it up and stuff like that. So the, in this deception, man, maybe you think that there's uh, something in heaven's not worth waiting for. It's not worth believing in. Everything that you want to indulge in is already right here. Right. So, yeah, maybe the, 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 the devil can kick it like that. Sure. You know, and in that way, he's definitely murdered you. Uh, If you believe it, you know, but uh, I'm not sure, you know, I I guess I thought it was an interesting comment that he made, you know, a question that he was asking. I wanted to address it. Okay. uh, let me see. Um, uh, Okay. this is Joe James. Joe James sounds a little angry. Uh, He says two minutes in and both of them and both of them are making this S word for doo doo (laughs) up out of thin air. Not just Catholics, but every orthodox form of Christianity is offended, too. And no, I will not hear out your ignorance. Joe James goes on to say, how could you possibly have something good to say when you start with lies and misinformation at the start? That's why I ignore the left. Uh, well, hey, you're a. Please, man, I hope I hope. Well, I hope that doesn't mean you're here on the right with us because you're totally in the wrong. Anyway, uh, I ignore the left and why I won't hear this bull S-word for doo-doo. <laughs> uh, exorcism is real and only a consecrated priest can do it, fool. That's what he says, right? So, I, man, this guy sounds very confused. Um, I, I'm assuming that he's Catholic and, you know, um, he's, one, he's angry. <laughs> he's very angry. And it sounds like this person himself uh, needs an exorcism <laughs> Somebody's a little sensitive And uh, he's probably sitting on his computer right now With pea soup like draining from his mouth And, and whatnot. not um, Okay the dude Doesn't understand That when you register Who Yeshua is For who he says he is And accepted What the bread And the wine Like you know when we go ahead and partake of the bread and wine Okay y'all this is reflected In the tabernacle Okay, this, this, was, this was the priesthood. They were able to partake in the bread and the wine, right? You, you, you're able to do these things in fellowship with the Lord, all right? There's, there's a picture that's being painted there. Uh, and baptized, let me see. Um, and when you're baptized, y'all, baptized reflecting the consecration by water as the Lord instructed Moses to do, right? And we understand that Jesus is God, which means that Jesus was there giving Moses these instructions. All right. Instructed Moses to do with his brother and his nep- and his nephews. All right. So when you get the baptism, that's that's a, that's a picture of that. So when you get the bread, when you get the wine, you get uh, and you get the baptism. These are consecrations. y'all. These, these are our, our fellowships with the Lord. You're in his priesthood. All right. That's what that makes you. Yes, you. Have you, have you, have you uh, taken the bread and taken the wine, understanding who Yeshua is? knowing that the bread is always representing him, knowing that the wine is always representing him and the blood that he was shed for us. You get that baptism, fulfilling the consecration of the, just like the Lord says, I have to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Why? Because Yeshua himself is our high priest and he went to be baptized by John, who is also a Levite, baptized by John, so Jesus could be consecrated as high priest, right? And upon doing that, here comes God saying, yo, that's my boy right there. That's my son, Right? Holy Spirit takes on the body of a dove, lights on it and says, yeah, this one right here. All right. So Jesus following that model, that's what we're supposed to do in his priesthood. Get that baptism, consecration of the priest, just like Moses did with his, with his brothers and his nephews. Right. Take that bread, take that wine. It's in fellowship with the Lord. Right. So you know what that means? That means that, yes, yes, uh, we're, we are those priests fool (laughs) as he wants to call us he wants to call us uh, fools and stuff like that all right y'all let's see let me let me i'm gonna try to let me go ahead into the feed uh let me see oh man i already got uh let me see who's that one one hope for all all right it's like i can i can almost feel the heat i zeroed in on one hope for all and uh one hope for all says you talk and talk but you say nothing, man. I like saying that. As a, you talk loud, but you say nothing. You bite my rhymes, man. Okay, uh, you do not know anything about the faith, nothing. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. <laughs> so, if, 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 if I got to be all angry and stuff like that to be in your faith, man, then I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm disappointed that I missed that party. He uh, says I can't watch this nonsense anymore. Uh, no longer, bye bye, man. I feel like I almost threw some holy water on, on, the, te- on, the, on the computer screen and it burnt. Side- I gotta get out of here. Okay, um, let's see. Sorry, man. I mean, uh, oh, oh, he's still, but he's still here. He said he was leaving. Come on, man. I like, be honest, okay, you said you were leaving. I can't watch this nonsense anymore. Bye, bye. Okay, he said, and he's back. All right, that's good though, man. It's you know, because it kind of reminds me like of a moth. You know, it, it like comes and it like he's bouncing off this light bulb because it sees the light. It sees the truth and it just keeps bouncing off. And it's like, come on, man, don't, don't you know, uh, don't don't be scared of the truth, man. It's like uh, I'm just I'm trying to help you here, man. Uh, uh, Let me see. We got Alfonso. I have been a huge fan of you for years. I will continue to be a subscriber to you. your day. Hey, I appreciate that's what I'm talking about, man. See, because, you know, man, you know, you know, I ain't lying to you, man. Come on now. All right. Let me see. Uh, But I will never. <laughs> But I will never, well, I, I, okay, so, but he says, but I will never watch any of your videos about anything that has to do with faith, religion. Um, I don't know which, well, I don't know which videos you can't watch, man, because all my videos are based in, in what I believe about the Lord, man. I, I don't, you know, I don't really go into these without, you know you know, running by the Lord first, man. And so, uh um, I don't know what you would watch, but, but, but do watch, man, do watch because it's going to click, man. i i I'm trusting the Lord. It's going to click with you that he's all you need. His name is Al Shaddai, meaning the sufficient one, right? He is the sufficient one. You don't need a religion to go to him. He's all you need. All right. So let's see. Um, let me see. He's, Let me see. John says he's saying scripture. Bless you. Bless you. Hope for all. Read the Bible. It's the truth. Right on, Jose. Amen. Thank you so much. Right. Uh, That's right. And I'm seeing that. That's what I'm talking about, man. So we got folks, hard boiled entertainment. We got uh, Jose in there praying for you. One hope for all. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's what we're praying for, man. We pray that you receive the Lord's peace and truth. And that when he says, I am the way, the truth and life, and nobody comes to the father but my me, that's what he means, man. It it doesn't take a religion. It doesn't take a a system or anything like that. It doesn't take your own merits or trying to live up to some rituals and stuff like that. It's the Lord period. It doesn't take statues. It doesn't take idols. It doesn't take any sort of co-redeemers or anything like that. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Right. And we're praying that you receive that man. Be free, be free in him. That's the true freedom. All right. So let's see. let me see. Oh, my dude, Jason Rasmus. And I haven't seen you in a while, dude. What does he say? Zo, saw you, saw your Bill Whittle uh, on your biggest fear. That's my biggest fear, too. Go away from you, you evildoers, for I never knew you. Right on, man. I hear you. It's like it's 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 that fear is legit, right? And like I said, let me let me and like I said, you know, we have a reverential fear of the Lord, y'all. It's a reverential fear. Uh, when the Lord says that I will go before uh, I will go as the terror before you and stuff like that. He, he's the terror. He will be definitely the terror for those who are apart from him. But the fear that we have is a reg, if you're in if you're in him, it's a reg, reverential fear. And 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 um, but it's at the same time, you know, to not be known by him. My fear is, like I said, to assume to be to my biggest fear it's still, you know, for the Lord to not know me, but the fear stems from me being foolish enough to think that I can do what would satisfy the Lord and him be like, oh, yeah, where is it? No, 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 Lord, may I never get so full of myself to think that, oh, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm a good enough person to go to heaven, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I do this. I don't I don't, you know, steal and I don't do this and I don't I don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm a good person when the Lord says, man, ain't nobody good except my daddy. Right. You know, uh, uh, and I and my father are one. So, uh, you know, that kind of thing, man. It's like I never I, I would hope, Lord, please don't let me deceive myself into thinking that I am a good enough person for you. Right. It's all about his goodness. You know, so if and if I do come to this point where I think that I'm too good, that's where Jesus would be like, yo, man, I don't know you. Right. And that's that's my fear. You know what I'm saying? So um, let me see. So I know, I know that you, I want to be able to, I don't want to keep you guys all night, man. And I know that some, some of y'all are probably making some, some excellent points, which I'm looking forward to go back and read it. So if I don't address, uh, every point that, um, let me see, uh, actually, yeah, let me, let me, uh, this is right here at the bottom. Let me, let me catch this one right here. Uh, uh, once again, Jason Rasmussen asks, Zoe, how do you assure God never says go away from me? For I never knew you I think I mean um I think in the last things that I just said, Jason, I think in the last things that I just said and i, and I don't mind I'll, I'll repeat it um how do you assure I think when I think the operative word here is being assured is being so assured of yourself that you are somebody um that is good enough for the Lord right now don't get me wrong man because obviously the Lord thinks that we're good enough to die for right <laughs> he really likes us. And I think as long as you stay in that attitude of gratitude, right, never assume, it, it, you always keep in, the, uh, in mind that the Lord says our righteousness is, is nothing but filthy rags, rags to him. And you just make sure that you understand that it's his goodness. It ain't our goodness, right? It's not our goodness, it's his. And when, when we keep that in mind and we walk in that, and um, you know, if we if we keep that in check, then that's a good place to be. But I think if a person is just, all confident in the fact that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in. I think as long as you don't let that pride get a hold of you, if you always walk into humility, not to beat yourself down or anything like that or try to, you know, dis, you know be dismissive of yourself or, or anything like that, but you want to be humble and, uh, you know, not let the pride get the best of you and, and just let the Lord know every day, every day, Lord, help me, help me to do what is pleasing to you, right? Just you renew your faith every day. Every day, you know, to be that, to to make that commitment to be salt and light. That's the best we can do, right? And when you have that, you don't walk around with a spirit of fear, you know, it's like, oh my, I'm like, oh my God, I hope I'm good enough for Jesus. Jesus don't want us doing that. He don't want us living like that, you know. But every day, you know, have confidence in the Lord Himself. Say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you that you will help me do what is pleasing to you today. How can I serve you today, Lord, right? And I hope at the end of the day, you are satisfied. But I need your help to do it. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you get the idea. If we just, if we walk in that, man, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of peace that we can we can live with because that's what he is. He's the Prince of Peace, man. He's our shalom. And in that shalom, man, we want to be grateful. We want to be grateful for what he's did. We just want to walk in that every day. And say, Lord, you know, help me to do whatever it is that I'm doing. May it be, you know, may it be pleasing to you. Help me to do it in a way that's pleasing to you. So I hope that kind of answers the question, right? All right. Uh, that being said, y'all, thank you so much. For tuning in and uh we will do it again in the next signal response shalom welcome and thank you for tuning in for some sledge covers where i put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day particularly from the 70s and the 80s bell bottoms to parachute pants baby if you dig what you hear you can download all these songs for free or drop a buck in the guitar case if you like i wouldn't mind that you can also check out original 20 pound sledge jams too You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on! Stopped. What's up? Man, I feel kind of silly singing the Qua dilly Qua parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know it's really silly, man. What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. Man, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Wanna get back to that silly sing along, hmm?
2: T'as dit le quacqua, t'as